Welcome to the Hammer and Quill, season two, episode five, which is actually the fourth episode in our series on craftsmanship, in which our very own Holly Paulette interviews Julielle Sears. Mm. It's good to be here together in the study, and what a great interview it was. Thank you. Although it was I a do, blast. I do want to say from the outset that I took issue, and as you're listening, you'll notice right away that Holly makes it sound like she had to like cl- pry the microphone out of my hands. I can't believe Jesse gave me permission. <laughs> I've, beg- I've begged you for so long <laughs> for this opportunity, and finally you allowed it. Please As if you had to come down chance. here and record in secret. Shh, Jesse, don't, Jesse, don't let Jesse know. He's asleep. His whole family's asleep upstairs. It's 8.30. He's asleep. <laughs> don't wake him up. <laughs> oh, man. What a great interview. It was. I'm excited for everyone to hear it. We had a blast. We had a blast. Before we get there, though, let me ask you guys, what has been your favorite thing this week? Mm. Mine's easy. I got my fly rod from Chris Barclay. Oh, wow. I hung out with Chris. Have you used it Shout out to Chris. No, I haven't used it yet. I just got it. Um, But he made me a little little small stream, two-weight, six-and-a-half-foot, Raw that he died like it's it's a little bit darker than what he usually does and huh. it's got this i don't know what the way he said the name of the wood and i, I acted like i knew <laughs> you do that sometimes i do i do that i do I that do all the time all the time yeah. like right now i'm just nodding and you're smiling like, mm, as you're explaining yeah, this two, fly yes, rod. Two way, like, two i know way. about two yeah. Ways, oh yeah those foot, are the good yeah. ones <laughs> <laughs> two weight means uh it's very lightweight so you wouldn't want to go catch a big fish on it okay but it means when I'm hiking up into the the little uh, streams that I hike up into to catch brook trout, uh, even a little five inch brook trout will feel like a lot of fun on that rod. Mm. Yeah. So that's my favorite thing. Awesome, that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Real quick, while we're still on you, a f- couple episodes ago, yeah, you told us about that you were getting what twenty three and me or ancestry dot com. dot com. We we <laughs> who said are that, you? Jesse? We said that we would follow up. <laughs> Yeah, so that's right. You accused us of not caring. You didn't care. We care. <laughs> you didn't care. But what percentage um, Italian are you? What percentage Irish are you? So it came out a little bit a little bit different than I expected. So I ended up scoring higher for Irish than anything else by a long shot. Um, Maybe that's why you said Barclay. Ah, Chris <laughs> Barclay. It um, all makes sense it now. It just came that's out. That's right. That's right. It's in um, your bones. So more Irish, so over 33%, 34% Irish. Uh, makes some sense because my mom's mom mm-hmm. is uh, from Appalachia, and her origins are probably Scotch-Irish. Mm. Um, so more Irish than anything else. My Italian, my mom is 50% or 49% Italian, and I was um, like 8%. So that was weird, but yeah. she's my mom. <laughs> She's my mom. No, <laughs> they <laughs> say. <laughs> that's that's just wrong, Holly. Um, that doesn't make sense to me. It so, doesn't. And I scored pretty keep, high on... Just go with your <laughs> naive thinking and just... That's your mom. That's your mom. That's my mom. That's my mom. Uh, no, we share... My mom and I share the same characteristics because I'm in her family tree. We can look at her DNA and mine. And, and, and so the, like we scored the same from her mom down the line the Appalachia, like 
they they narrowed down to like the the holler that my nana lived in and grew up in in West Virginia. Um, and so some I don't know my my Irish just overpowered my my Italian. So I don't know the science. I don't know how they figure it out. I guess they compare you to other profiles, and that's how they they figure it out. So um, I guess I just got a heavier Irish profile. I would guess my brother. So I look I look just like my dad and my dad's family, all the Irish people. My brother looks just like my mom and my mom, my, the Casamentos. So I would guess he would score higher in Italian. I don't know. Hmm. I don't That's, know how science works. Me neither. But they got Was it wrong. They got it wrong. Nothing surprising. A lot, a lot of, you know, my my, uh, my Connick grandmother, my grandmother's name is Connick. She's uh, Henry Connick, Harry Connick? Harry? Harry. Harry. Harry Connick Jr.'s aunt. So he's like a cousin. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. I made that up. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna believe you didn't you. really care. I though. was too. Holly I was, was like, impressed. That's like, cool. Oh, cool. Michael was like, "Who? Who is he?" Yeah. Anyway, Michael, what's your favorite through, thing? So. My favorite thing is I got to go to uh, the Virginia Tech men's basketball game on Monday against Pittsburgh. Did you lose? No, we destroyed them. Yeah, wow. Go Hokies. Go Hokies. Gobble it, gobble. It was probably the best. I feel like it was the best game of the season to be at because the whole team played well and we just we obliterated them. Yeah. Oh man. Take that pit. So I got to go with my father in law, um, Ken, and we had a blast. That's awesome. Yeah. Long time listener. Shout out Ken. Yeah. Actually I, I Ken and Laura Number are, one fans. Yeah. That's amazing. Hi Ken yep. and Laura. Thanks yeah. for listening. <laughs> and being good luck charms for the Hokies. Yes. That's right. Um, my favorite thing is that I am like on a quest to read books that I should have read a long time ago. Read Harry Potter this past summer. Loved it so much. This year, I have been reading Anne of Green Gables Mm. for the first time. I'm actually reading it, Jesse, because your daughter, Evie, read it. And I thought, man, if an 11-year-old is reading this book, I should read this book. Also, I always am searching for something to talk to Evie about because she's my favorite human ever. She's an influencer. She really is. We need her on the podcast. Oh, man. That would be fun. That would be really fun. Um, but anyway, it is it is so wonderful. Like, I am, I am reading it like I would eat the best piece of chocolate cake. Like, I'm just eating it very, reading, reading it very slow, and I just smile. I just sit and read my book and grin. Like, mm. like the happiest little reader in the world. So that's amazing. Yeah, I don't eat. My daughter great Audrey chocolate. eats oh. books. She. <laughs> <laughs> My kids do too, actually. <laughs> oh man, that's good. another favorite thing though <laughs> is um, just for an update for all of you Paulette Farm oh, fans. We have, it's, it's kidding season Mm. and, um, on my way down to the study to record this, I was on the phone with Morgan and he was explaining to me how to bottle feed. He was like, Hey, in between ballet and piano practice and basketball practice, can you go (laughs) bottle feed Dash and Cozy, (laughs) which are the names of our two baby goats? And I was like... Um, you're going to have to really explain to me because I feel like I'm going to hurt these babies by, I don't know what I'm doing. So man. anyway, I have an unread text on my phone that explains how to bottle feed goats. And that's what I'm doing after this. It, well, is anyone available to record that <laughs> for us? I'll ask Bentley too. <laughs> yeah. And, and can we include in the show notes, 
some pictures of these kids. Oh, yeah. these baby goats. They're so cute. And we're, I mean, Morgan says we might in the next few months have like between 20 and 30. Wow. Depending on how Enrique did. So Enrique. without getting into those details, um, <laughs> um, I think most of our listeners know where baby goats come from, but... <laughs> Uh, what do you do with them now? Are you do you sell them? Or are you just yeah. growing your farm? No, yeah, you don't have room for that. No, many. we don't have room for that many. Uh, we will. So, like, who will buy those? Can we'll I buy one? The, you, you can. You can have one. Sure, sure. He just looked out for I'm those who can't see Jesse. He's if... looking out into his yard to see where he can yeah, fit yeah. one of my goats. Um, we Pen, sell them. We take them to market. To market. Okay. To, off to market. Off to greener pastures is what we will tell our children. So Morgan's the, like, we really got to stop naming these goats. Like, it's mm, going to make things very difficult at the end mm, of the summer. Because what are they sold for? They get to go. They're sold for meat. They get to go play in a farm somewhere. Yep, in a nice mm. farm in the sky. Goat meat. Yeah. Mm. Well, sorry, little goats. Can I come back to Harry Potter for a second yes, that you just You read? can always come back to Harry Potter. So Emily and I just recently rewatched them. And I, I just want to... I just want to throw out there how messed up it is in the first book or the first movie, how at the end, um, Dumbledore comes on and announces the, the winners of the house cup. Yes. And so he's like, you know, spoiler third, third alert, place, Gryffindor won. second place. <laughs> well, but, but he announces that Slytherin had the most points and then they all cheer and they're like, yeah, yeah we won. <laughs> and then he's like, but wait, <laughs> Extra points, and then he awards yep. Harry and Ron and Hermione points and for, Huffle. yeah, yeah, um, right. Or is for, that the second one? Uh, I I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> Jesse's so, and, like, and he <laughs> we get to the content, and he, and he awards them just enough points to beat Slytherin by like one. Yep. So was it kind of arbitrary? It was pretty arbitrary. Yeah. He's a good man. How? frustrated would you be if you were just like the, i want to see the normal kid's perspective like from mm. Sly, like the normal slytherin kid slytherin how do you say it slytherin 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 yeah and they they're deserve it. they're bad kids yeah, yeah. they're baddies kind, i mean okay. they're not yeah. supposed Boots. to be but yeah kind they of. Are. <laughs> yeah anyways Boo. yeah it's just <laughs> su- super messed up i was like i've never read a harry potter book or seen a movie I yeah i cannot i cannot i don't do wizards or witches. Yeah, you don't do sorcery. Just Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> if C.S. Lewis or only Christian yeah, wizards. Only Christian wizards. <laughs> no, it was like it came out when I was in college, and you know, it couldn't be like a cool college guy reading Harry Potter. So you could have yeah, been. You absolutely could have been. Not me. I'm a cool thirty. You didn't know me. <laughs> <laughs> it took everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, you've listened to us banter enough about Harry Potter. Yeah. We hope that you enjoy this interview with Julielle Sears, who is an accomplished painter. And you'll find out in many different mediums, uh, has yeah. been a, a, uh, a really accomplished and um, beautiful artist who makes beautiful art, is in the middle of making some right now. And so uh, listen in as Holly rests the microphone from me, from my <laughs> Kung Fu grip, and... Uh, interviews Julielle. We'll see you on the other side. All right. Welcome to this episode of The Hammer and Quill in our series of craftsmanship. I 
and this is Holly Paulette. And for some reason, Jesse allowed me to be in charge of the mic tonight. Um, I think he's probably a little nervous that he has given me this responsibility, but he's trusting me with it. So <laughs> here we go. Um, I'm sitting with my dear friend, Julie L. Sears, and I can't wait to um, introduce our listeners to Julie L. So Julie L., Hi. Hi. I'm so excited to hang out with you tonight. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, it's an honor. Well, it's an honor, but also we were talking before we hit record, and it's going to just kind of be us having a conversation, which we have a lot, and now true. people are listening in on it, which is great. But so in previous seasons, actually, I guess just last season, Michael and Jesse were the only ones behind the mics, and they always asked their guests to tell them what would be on the back of their baseball card. Okay. Okay. What a question. Is that, I feel like baseball <laughs> cards are like way uh-huh. in age. Thank you. So, so before, right when I started <laughs> this job, we had a phone meeting and they were like, what would you change about the hammer and quill? And I was like, the baseball card question, stop asking people. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to ask you thank what's you. on the back of your baseball card. But I do want you to tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, okay. what your family looks like, what a day in the life is like in okay. the life of Julie L. Sears. Okay, so I'm originally from Little Rock, Arkansas, and my husband, Ben, is in the Army, so we move all over um, every couple of years or every year. So we landed here in July. And I'm an artist, um, that is my profession, uh, but I'm an overall creative, so I love to make things and, um, you know, sewing, design work. Um, my husband and I like building together, working on our house. Um, we have three children. Um, the best. They're so sweet. <laughs> we have, <laughs> we have a, a almost six-year-old Man. and a just three-year-old and a just now one-year-old, so. Gosh. And a dog. And a dog. Yeah. This is a sweet dog. Mm-hmm. It's a wild house over there. It is. But precious. It is. Well, we are so, I am so thankful that God landed you mm-hmm. in the New River Valley for this season. We are too. It's yeah. been so good. Okay. So you said vocationally, mm-hmm. you're an artist. Yes. Um, tell me a little bit more about your journey in that craft. So, um, you mentioned you're a painter, mm-hmm. you sew, you do a million things and <laughs> you are amazing at all of it. And so can you share more about um, like how you came into art? Like what is your sure. story with your craft? So I, when I went to college, I started out uh, doing vocal performance and being a music major. And I was wow. <laughs> your face. And I did that for several years. And then I started picking up elective art classes. Um, cause I've always loved art and I've taken art classes like in high school. And so I ended up majoring in uh, studio art and got married like the day I graduated college. Mm-hmm. And so I started, um, painting and doing that as a job um, right out of college and early marriage. And that worked, uh, for a long time. I would say I did that for about four or five years. 
And then we found with my husband's job, having to relocate Mm -hmm. constantly, this was kind of before social media was such a medium to sell on. Um, We, you know, I would become known in an area um, by potential buyers and then we would relocate Mm -hmm. and then people wouldn't have a clue or art would be a different price point or trends would be different and stuff like that. And so... Uh, I found that to be discouraging over time. So I started getting into other things. Um, I was actually mentored by a woman who was wonderful. And she told me she was a business mentor. Oh, cool. And um, basically, I got involved in um, different crafts like um, floral design. And so I ended up opening a business in wedding florals. Um, and I did that until we had to move again and, and realized quickly that that would not work. So I had a mentor that said, you need something that you can do and move with and um, that will kind of transcend the, the difficulty of relocating constantly. And so I felt like, okay, I have art under my belt. I can do that. Uh, but I did a lot of heavy floral design. So anyway, I ended up picking up art again and have been selling mainly via Instagram Mm. or my website online um, just because we are new a lot. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about your painting. I am, I took art in eighth grade Mm. and I think I still have some of my pieces. I would love to see those. I, maybe you could add them to like your website. I think I I have a picture that I made from clay. Okay. And, you know, it could have some like deep theological meaning, you know, Mm -hmm. jars of clay and all of that. Um, So I really, I know very little about painting. And Mm. so what like medium do you use? Is that even the correct question to ask? No, that's a great question. (laughs) You're so professional. So I, (laughs) I use um, right now I use oils and I paint with oils. Um, I went for several years, I painted with acrylics and I just Mm. felt frustrated most of the time Mm. with that medium. And so I decided to switch to oils, which I did in college and that has made all the difference for me. So I, I, um, my, I primarily paint floral abstracts. Mm. I have a heavy background with abstract painting and then I did the wedding florals. And so I found that was kind of a perfect marriage for me, Mm, um, to just start painting flowers. And so that came about, um, my husband had to deploy for a year. Um, and so I was living with my son and a newborn baby. And I found (laughs) that I had to create to, um, thrive Hmm. and to, to, um, function well. And so I started kind of tinkering with painting flowers and decided that I would paint. I'm a little, I can get a little intense. I decided I would do a hundred floral paintings and that by the end of it, I would know how to paint flowers and I would know if I hated it or Mm. if I loved it and Mm. wanted to stick with that long-term. And so in that process, I learned uh, that I love it. And so that's, that's primarily what I do. And then I love to paint like portraits and landscapes and things like that. So was that 100 paintings of flowers? Was that throughout Ben's deployment? That f- yes. Was that his 
first deployment? That was that was his deployment um, okay. to the Middle East. Oh yeah. So yeah. okay. Yes, I just did small studies, and I didn't even get to 100. I think I did like 50 or okay. so. But basically, I would put the kids down, get the baby down, which newborn, mm-hmm. you know, that's like midnight, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and then I would just stay up and paint in the kitchen and, um, and kind of figure out how I would go about it. And yeah. so with my floral abstracts, I will start with chaos layers. Mm-hmm. So just whatever mixture of paint, uh, drips, throwing paint on the hmm. canvas. I can write things on it. Sometimes I'll write like prayers. Oh, wow. And then, um, and then I will take, uh, paint after that and kind of draw the flowers out of the chaos, mm-hmm. like find the flowers in there and, um, kind of cultivate that yeah. out of the chaos. So, that's what a metaphor. I, love, I know. I life. love that about wow. it. I love That's that beautiful. about it. You, you kind of mentioned um, rhythms and how, I mean, working as a solo parent for mm-hmm. a season mm-hmm. uh, with two littles. You're the wife of, of Ben, a mother of three beautiful kids, Mm. but seasons are hard with time. So I imagine that, you know, hours upon hours are not available for you to just, you know, spend, spend a day painting. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about that. I never spend a day painting. (laughs) Like what would that even, I I would would be amazed by what you would create in that time. It is so interesting. Seeing what you create in the margins now, Mm. like it's crazy. So tell me a little bit about the rhythms of your work. Like when do you work? When do you work best? How do you do it? That's a good question. Um, I, I find that in this season of life, I could go crazy if I compare myself to artists who have time. Um, Just because with the kids at home, it's impossible to um, spend even more than like, an hour or two hours painting. So what I do, I've kind of learned to like sit in that and just be okay with it. Um, And so what I like to do is during nap times, Mm -hmm. I will paint um, or in the evenings, but typically like when I get the most done is when my girls are with me Mm -hmm. in the studio And they're playing and I'm distracted and I'm constantly redirecting (laughs) or um, getting water for one or whatever, you know, it's just constant, but I'm, I'm learning to just focus quickly Mm -hmm. and be really productive. And so typically I can do paintings. Some of my best work is done like within an hour Hmm. um, or in 20 minutes or something like that. So I did a series whenever, um, I was living in little rock. Um, my mom was ill and she has since passed away, but she was, there was a two week period where she was in hospice Hmm. and that was really a brutal season Hmm. for me. And I was alone with, um, three kids because my husband had to be away for work. (sighs) And so in processing that, I just painted at night, late into the night and when the kids were awake. And so I would only paint for like 10 minute segments. Yeah. 
and I found those those pieces were beautiful mm. and I ended up selling those as a collection wow. um, but they weren't something that I poured days or weeks into um, I kind of feel so. that way with my work in this season too like mm. I feel like when I do have that very rare stretch of like you know mm. five hours straight yeah I'm like what do I right. even do but if I can you know I I am the mom of three littles yes. too. And, uh, the like 20 minute, I'm like standing at the kitchen counter with sauteing onions and uh-huh. typing emails and I get more so done. Productive. Uh, yes. It's so much more. So I'm thankful that God created us that way. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's a gift to be able to, um, just accept it, Yeah, you know, yep. because I, for so long yeah. felt, just defeated right. about not having enough time, especially when having... you're looking around and seeing oh, yeah. other painters in your situation or, right. you know, watching for me, like watching people with full-time childcare and like yes. longing for that, but then yes. saying what God can do. Yes. God can do whatever he wants with us and when our capacities. Yeah, yeah. When we're there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, man. Mm. Well, you mentioned your mom. Um, and if you're up for it, I would love for you to just, I'm just going to give you the floor um, or the mic, <laughs> oh, the mic to tell us a little bit more about Evensong, um, mm. the collection. Well, so I did a collection, I guess I released it this summer. I think it was this summer. <sighs> And that began, so my mom had bulbar ALS, and it was a very rapid disease. Um, It lasted for two years. Um, And so in that process, she always has been a fan of my work, and she commissioned a very large, like, five-by-six-foot painting for over their mantle my parents' mantle. And so I began to work on floral abstract and chaos layers and finding flowers in that. And, and this was when I was alone with my three kids Mm. and Ben was living in Kansas city for military work. And so remind me again, your mom loved flowers, right? Oh yeah. Am I remembering that right? Okay. She did. She loved flowers and, and just design beautiful things, color, bold color. Hmm. She would always push me to paint more boldly Hmm. um, because I definitely am more of like a pastel, calm kind of color person. And did your did your mom paint? I know she was creative in a million other ways, but okay, yes, um, such an eye for that kind of thing. Uh, But she no, she never painted. So I was working on this painting, um, you know, as I could at home. And when she started to get very sick, um, it was something I would work on just kind of while I would grieve and deal with that. Um, and then I would show her progress pictures and, and things like that. And so anyway, she ended up passing away, um, right before I finished the painting and she never saw it. And And that was nine months ago. Yes. Nine months ago. And, um, her, her death was like crushing. Hmm. Um, and having that huge painting 
now that mm. didn't have oh, a place. Yeah. And it was hard for my dad to receive it because he, I mean, all of the, all of the memory and all of the meaning in that, I mean, it was just heavy. Yeah. And so I was in a mastermind meeting with some other artists that, you know, I toss ideas around with and was just talking about how stuck I felt in my work and what I should do. And someone suggested uh, maybe paint something abstract and then like cut it up and just and then work from those smaller pieces. And it dawned on me like in that mm. moment, oh my gosh, I need to cut this painting up. I need to cut it up. And so I did. And that was such a release for me. And it was brutal, but it was like beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of like wept at the painting and looked at it for a yeah. long time and just kind of reckoned with it. And then I took scissors and a blade and I just cut it into like 40 something pieces, which then it was like at that point, God just um, like restored hope and mm -hmm. excitement about that piece to me. And so I found like the individual pieces were so beautiful yeah. and they were abstract. And, and so I took each one and I would start to, um, I, I would paint each one and kind of complete it. So I did that. And then I started, um, writing on the back of them, mm -hmm. like, a different memory that I had with my mom or like sweet story. And so I came up with like 40 different or 48 or something different, just memories or things I loved about my mom or things that I respected about her or things that she went through in mm -hmm. her dying that needed to be named and needed to be shared. Um, and so I ended up releasing those because people followed along with that journey and so I ended up selling them and I didn't honestly think that they would sell. Hmm. Um, and they sold so within fast. two hours. Yeah. And that get was, to one. <laughs> you know, and that I think was just a gift from God yeah. because I so needed that painting to be free from my hands yeah. and done. And like, what a gift from God that it was sold out and mm -hmm. that it was such a positive experience right. on the end. And there were none left over for me to be like, what do I do with these? Yeah. You know? So, um, two quick questions. One, were the people who bought them people who loved and knew your mom or was it people who had followed you on? Oh man, it was, it was such a, a gamut. Oh, cool. There were honestly the people that knew and loved my mom were not really on social media oh, yeah. to see it, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so a lot of, most of the people were people that I either didn't know or people who knew me, man. um, or people who related to her disease okay. or that story. Just to think that her story is all over Yes. The world. Yes. And so many people treasure her, yeah. which was such a gift to me. Yeah. And so, so even song, um, I named it even song because, um, that represents prayer in the night and liturgy mm. around prayer in the night and in the darkness. And, um, and I was in, and still am in, in a season of just darkness and, um, grief yeah. and struggle. And, um, just praying through that and sitting in that with the Lord, um, has been a, a sweet gift to me. And so I named it that. Yeah. 
That was my, that was my second question. Well, it, um, the courage and I, I, I just was in awe of you Mm -hmm. as I watched that process. Um, and yeah, yeah. And the beautiful witness of you doing that in the midst of your grief, Mm -hmm. um, you could have done a lot of things, but you used it for good. And yeah, I love that about you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So what, what aspect of your craft or vocation came most natural to you or comes most naturally to you? And what takes the most practice? Man, I think for me, I'm very much like a go-getter and and a doer. And so I, it's very easy for me to like crank out work. I love selling. I love marketing. I love business, like all of that. Mm -hmm. So I would say that comes naturally to me. Like I would be excited about if I was selling rugs or something (laughs) random like that, I could market the fire out of that rug and sell it. And (laughs) I would be excited, you know? And so I think, um, that's that's definitely something that comes naturally to me. I think I'm not as much of a planner. Hmm. It's just not in my bent. And so I that that's something, you know, right now I'm trying to be very intentional with setting out the year ahead of me and what do I want to complete? What collections? How many? Whereas normally I would just go into the year yeah. and like what do I want to paint right yeah. now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How do you find that balance, um, in art, like oh. in such a creative overflow mm-hmm. of your heart, especially in this season of like planning because it is your vocation right. and right. it is work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, letting yeah. it just happen. <laughs> well, Interestingly enough, you know, I'm kind of experiencing that right now. Mm. So I set out this year, one of my goals is to create X amount of floral abstracts and that just to be what I do and that's what I do and not to do anything else Mm. because I want to be very specific in what I do. And then in this last week, I, um, and then also to add to that, I set out um, an expectation for how much money I'll make a month hmm. and how much I want to make by the end yeah. of the year and things to work, work towards. Um, but like this last week, I really needed to process some things, some grief. And, um, and so I decided to just do a huge canvas, which hmm. is what I used to paint in just like a big canvas and do whatever I wanted. And it would be for my home. It's something that I would hmm. love And so I started doing that and it was so easy and just like peaceful and freeing for me. And so I decided today that's something I can do quickly. It's something Mm -hmm. I can do with the kids. It's life giving to me. And, um, so I'm going to add a series of, of that subject now to what I'm doing. So I think there's just a balance. There's a lot of planning involved, but then, uh, I have to, give myself a lot of grace with time mm-hmm. and, um, and just be open handed with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, a big thing we love in the Bonhoeffer house is life together mm-hmm. and, um, walking the last 
man, how long we haven't even really six six months, months, but we've done a lot of life together and I know that you value community Mm -hmm. a lot. So, um, I'm curious in the season of life that you're in with Ben and your family relocating Mm -hmm. with young kids, um, being in new places often, what does community mean to you? What does it look like for you? And like, what are the rhythms of community that mean the most to you and to your family? That's a great question. I think community is like vitally important to us uh, because we start over constantly. Mm-hmm. It would be really easy for us to just kind of fall under the radar and kind of turn inward, yeah. inward to each other, to our kids, um, and just not be known. But we strongly believe that like marriage needs community. Mm. Um, parenthood needs community, like yes. for it to be, um, I, I feel like there's so much that God can do in those relationships through community and through being bolstered up by other people. So, um, we make a, a really strong effort, um, to dive into a church community whenever we move. That's kind of our first thing. Um, and we treat it kind of like a job. So we, Hmm. we research before we move and all of that. Um, and so, that that's important to us. But I think, um, more than just like going to church, being vulnerable with people Hmm. is, is so vitally important. Hmm. Um, so being honest with where you're at, being honest with where your marriage is at or your, your struggles or whatever, you know, um, being vulnerable with other people. I find that that leads other people to be vulnerable with you. And, life is so much in the struggle so much and God Mm. is in that. And so we, I think we frequently try to just have like a perfect, um, like look perfect or look like our lives are together or we want our lives to just be together. Like it's kind of like, I'll go through this suffering to get to the other side and to get to the mountaintop. But gosh, is there such, um, growth that can happen and suffering and such beauty that can come in that. Um, and so I think it's really good to be vulnerable with other people and, um, and, and form a community based on that. So, well, you have, you've taught me a lot about that. And, um, Mm -hmm. I just, the fact that you do it willingly, often, and, um, humbly is, very unique. Mm. So, um, who, who taught you the most about life together or yeah, just, I I know that mentoring is really important to you. Mm. Um, so I don't know if that, you know, maybe you can talk about that, about your work and your craft. Has there been anyone who's like mentored you? You mentioned that business mentor Mm. that was really helpful, but also, um, as the wife of someone in the military. Mm, Yeah. Uh, yeah, Just talk a little bit about, about mentoring and the importance of that to you. I love mentors. (laughs) I do. We connected on that from the get go. Yeah. (laughs) I really, 
I think in, in so many areas, it can be so beneficial to have mentors. Um, like in my business, um, there are people that I speak to specifically around business um, people that I look up to. I typically will find someone, how I go about finding a mentor is like someone that I respect, someone that I look up to, someone I want to be like mm-hmm. down the road. And so I do that with art and find artists that I really like and feel like I don't have access to. And then I try to forge a relationship with them and, and then develop a a mentoring relationship with them. And so I do that. Um, I, I want to do that in, in all areas of my life. Um, just because I feel like we always have things to learn Mm -hmm. and we can grow a lot quicker when we are listening to others who have more experience and yeah, you know, That's great. Um, what, what can we expect and look forward to next with Julie Elsier's art? Art? (laughs) What can the people who are listening, like, Mm. what can we anticipate coming this coming year? Like, what are some of your goals? What on that list of what you're, what, what's coming? Landscapes. Landscapes I saw, I saw a sneak peek and Jesse saw a sneak peek when he was setting us up and he already is trying to commission a piece. So <laughs> that's coming, I guess. That's coming. <laughs> um, yeah. So some landscapes, that's going to be a, a series that I'll launch sooner than later. Um, and then I plan on just making a lot of like 20 floral abstracts. Oh, so beautiful. Um, and, and working on that just kind of being my thing. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned on. portraits earlier. Is oh, that yeah. something that you do like by, I don't know, what is that called? On commission? On or- commission. <laughs> <laughs> You're so great. You know, I don't do a lot of commissions okay. right now okay. because commissions are like if somebody asks you to paint something with specific colors or just Thank for you. them. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, or I can paint and just sell and you can buy something that I sell. Yeah. So typically I will do commissions, but in this season I'm not doing a lot of yeah. them or I'm very specific about what I will do just to stay focused right. on things. Right. All right. My last question before we get to the lightning round is, is there anything I should have asked, but I didn't ask? Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't talk about? Hmm. It's okay if not. I don't know. Hmm. I think just to reiterate that I spent as like a young mom, Hmm. I spent so much time like grieving and feeling angst around how difficult the season was um, not being able to just spend time painting. Wow. Yeah. And it, it, that really shifted when I just started to say, okay, Lord, this Hmm. is, this is where I'm at and that's okay. And there's, there's, life in this and in these moments, in these difficult moments, um, there's like fruit and there's art to be made and it'll be okay. You know, and for, for your kids to watch you pursue something that you're good at, passionate Mm -hmm. about and bringing glory to the Lord Mm -hmm. through is remarkable Mm -hmm. and it'll change them, you know, like they'll remember that they'll remember running underfoot in your studio. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Painting accidentally on canvases, I'm sure. 
Well, it's sweet. <laughs> I've been able to do a collaboration with my daughter, yes. my two-year-old, and that is three-year-old now three. But it, it was such a gift yeah. to do that with her, and just like delight in her making messes yeah. on the canvas, and you know, just oh, precious. So. I am obsessed with that little girl. Oh, girl. <laughs> Me too. Okay, it's time for the lightning round. Bring it on. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to ask you these questions. Okay. It doesn't really, we say lightning round. You can take a, a second to think about it. it. When they okay. asked me, I was like, uh, 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 you don't have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. What is the best movie or show you've watched in the past year? Oh man. That's a tough one. You know, oh, let's see. We saw a show, um, <laughs> we saw a show called Only Murders in the Building wow. on Hulu. Wow. I was not expecting that. Okay. Well, <laughs> so like, can I share that? Yeah, you can Here's share that. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. It is full of curse words. Okay. However, it is not um, inappropriate in other ways. Okay. Yeah. That I will not mention yeah. on the podcast. Like, that's really important to us. It would to say avoid that. TVMA. Yeah. Bad for words. language. <laughs> language. Um, that's what they yeah, say. Bad, bad, bad words. words. <laughs> those bad words. So, but, but it's really interesting. Okay. I think those are fun. And we currently are watching Downton Abbey because oh. we never watched it. That's a stark difference from only yeah. murderers in the hotel. Is that what it's called? Oh, uh, yeah. It's a stark <laughs> difference. Definitely. I've never, I've never watched that either. I feel like I would like it. I'm I not really sure liked Morgan it. would. Does Ben like it? Yeah, it was oh. really good. It has Steve Martin in it and Martin Short. No, no, no. The Downton Abbey. Oh, Downton Abbey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he does Go like ben. it. Go, Go Ben. Go Ben. Um, He'll surprise you. What about the best book you've read in the past year? Oh, I think Prayer in the Night. Mm. Um, that has Who's been, that by? Who is that by? That's that a good question. Tish. Tish Warren. Warren. I okay. want to say it's Oh, Tish yeah, Warren. it is. It is. I can envision it. Mm -hmm. I haven't read that, but it's been on my list. Oh, it's good. Okay. It's been kind of like a balm to my soul. Yeah. So like in grief, yeah. I haven't really been able to listen to music much hmm. or read. I just don't really have energy to do that. Yeah. Um, but that is something that I've been able to, to read slowly, hmm. and it's been a beautiful gift. Okay. So. All right. We'll link to that in the show notes. What about album or a podcast you've listened to mm. you just mentioned you haven't really been listening to music but yeah I don't know I really like right now this is so cliche I can't I just can't believe I'm saying this but I really like Taylor Swift's new album oh I love that I love that so I never was like a fan of her when she was doing all the other things um like long ago mm -hmm. And coming now, I feel like she's been through a lot and yeah. I've come to really respect her um, just because she's been through a lot. Yeah. And now she writes really honestly. Mm -hmm. And I just really appreciate that about her. She's a good writer. So your Taylor Swift is welcome here when it's just me in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with that. And I will say my dad is like a, he was a rock star and oh, he was in yes. a lot of impressive bands and he loves some Taylor Swift. He's like, she can write. And it's true. She can write. She so. definitely can write. Mm -hmm. I mean, to throw it back, White Horse was like my breakup song in the eighth grade. Oh, man. Man. Oh, that brings me back. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, what is on your nightstand? Um, prayer in the night. Okay. And like five water cups okay. that I always bring up. You know, like you bring the water cup up to drink and then I never drink it. And yeah. then, but not really. I think I, I took those down to wash them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not don't disgusting. judge her, people. Don't judge her. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Um, all right. The next one is if, if I were to visit your city or town, where do I go to eat and what would I order there? But this is interesting for you because you're newer here. Do you want here in yeah. the New River Valley, but do you want to do Little Rock? I could do Little Rock. Do here too. There's a great hole in the wall, um, Mediterranean place in Little Rock. And mm. we know the people like my dad knows the people that that cook and own it and um what's it called layla's layla's wonderful so highly recommend what would what would you recommend that someone order if they're in little rock they have like a rosemary pasta so good that sounds incredible yeah yeah um and then that what was the other thing you wanted to know i said if there's a place here that you found in the new river valley we've got lots of listeners from here listen what are you liking so far I went to a place recently for like a quiet working on my goal planning to meet a friend and we met at she invited me to go to the northern what is it called northern divide Uh, eastern Eastern. (laughs) (laughs) okay so but I go there thinking like we're gonna have like Uh a quiet time together and there was straight up like a concert there. it's a brewery well no but it was like a rock oh my goodness it was like a a band that does 70s cover songs and okay. it was so loud and everything but it was so fun oh yeah so i liked that place eastern divide has my favorite fries oh in all of this area they this are exciting. so good i would like to try them let's go soon. when i was there yes when i was there i ordered cookies Ooh. and they gave me like four cookies with milk so <sighs> i approve what an awesome and um if you haven't been there there is a yard out the back this huge oh. field and it's surrounded by these huge boulders and we go often and our kids just jump on the rocks i oh, mean that's fun it is so fun when it's nice out we'll all go okay oh yeah that'll we'll be go. great it'll be so fun okay um if someone was to give you a snack or a treat oh. as a gift what would you want them to give you an icy some queso <laughs> and a cookie <laughs> Those are my very favorite foods. Icy, I love ice queso. Cookies. I love Coke ices. Okay, Coke ices. And I love cheese dip, which if you're from oh. Little Rock, it's cheese dip. But everywhere else, yeah. it's queso. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then cookies. I love cookies. Oh, me too. So me those too. are my, my go-to favorites. All right, what? Last question. Hmm. What is the most magnificent animal oh. you have ever seen? Ooh, I'm going to say... <laughs> <laughs> A manatee. <laughs> really? Because we were in Miami and we were kayaking and then this huge manatee swims Stop under it. us, which was just so like, whoa, we are so small right wow. now. And, you know, it was just really wondrous. That is the word. best. It was, it was cool. Oh, you had a great answer. I don't really for have. the weirdest question on our lightning round. Good yeah, job. <laughs> a manatee. Julielle, thank you so much for talking Absolutely. to me and sharing your story. Mm. Um, where I'm going to ask, where can people find you? Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I can, we'll also put it in the show notes too. Yeah. So, uh, my website is julielsears.com spelled on the website, I guess. <laughs> I'll just not spell it out right now, but, um, and then my Instagram handle is julielsears as well. Okay. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you the so best. much. What a joy. What a great, what a great interview that was. What a great job you did, Holly. Thanks for, thanks for giving me the opportunity, Jesse. <laughs> finally, finally, finally giving me the opportunity. I will say, as I listened, I thought, um, you guys, you guys speak in ways that are just different. Mm-hmm. Like it was maybe easier to listen to than listening to me. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. There was like a... She's also like... She's a good friend She's a good friend. And yeah, but you guys were like kind to each other. Yeah. Like yeah, like you made noises like that. (laughs) Probably made a lot of those noises. There was a lot of... And like like encouraging like noises. And I just usually just sit here and like stare. (laughs) I don't know. So I thought that was really pleasant to listen to. And what a great story. You know, I'll kick us off just in some reflections about Julielle and her craftsmanship. I was really impressed hearing how she, um, she doesn't have an ideal kind of vocational life to just pour 50 hours a week at her craft to get better, right? Like I, I think sometimes of, you know, if I could just put a, put aside a day a week or two days a week or you know, a couple of weeks to just master something, then I'll get better at it. And then, uh, but, but hearing how she does so much of her work in really small windows of time and that she did have a base, right? She was, you know, a, an art major in college, clearly did a lot of work there, but, but she's honing the, the skills in just 10 hour windows or 10 minute windows. Uh, that felt encouraging, inspiring, important to me that like the, the things that I'm called to do, whether it's, um, writing or preaching or public communication or, um, you know, getting better at answering emails or whatever, <laughs> like 10 minute windows every day can actually sharpen those tools in significant ways. Mm. Yeah. I was really encouraged to being in a similar life stage as Julielle, um, with little kids underfoot and how much, you know, we, man, we really encourage you guys to go look at some of Julielle's work. Um, but it's just this beauty, like she's so talented. And to think that she's painting these things with, with a one-year-old and a three-year-old and a five-year-old at her ankles the whole time. Um, it's just, it's encouraging that there, there's not a season that you just need to push through to the end. Like there's, there's beauty to be made in every season. And the fact that her kids are watching her, um, use her margins for that rather than what is so easy to get sucked into of, you know, scrolling your phone mindlessly or something like her kids are watching her create and the, the legacy that that is making too. Mm. Yeah, I thought that was really good. Like you, you not only don't have to have perfect kind of open windows alone to work, but incorporating your your kids is forming them in in unique ways, and is probably forming her art. You know yeah. that she's creating um, in ways that are maybe more 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 life giving, more 
um, maybe beauty in the midst of chaos, which I, I thought that really interesting. The way that she looks at the world is so different than me. And, and even thinking about like, if I were going to paint something, I'd take a blank canvas and then I would just try to make it look, look good. Right. <laughs> but for her, when she talked about um, layers and in particular, starting with a chaos layer. Yeah. First of all, I thought, that's like my life. Yeah. <laughs> my life is a chaos layer sometimes. Ugh. But I don't, did you guys pick up on that? Yeah. That was one of the most fascinating things to me. Um, for similar reasons. I Like when I imagine painting, when I imagine artwork, I'm, I'm picturing draw the you know paint draw with your thing. brush draw, draw a tree the, the flower the yeah, tree. it was blank now it's a tree and and so the fact that she was explaining i start with this chaotic like splatter i'm i'm throwing paint on the canvas i'm you know brushing writing, writing verses writing verses maybe, yeah. yeah um prayers um it is is so fascinating um particularly the the starting with disorder starting with something that is not at all what the, the painting is going to end up as and then creating or she, she, I think used the language a lot of, of finding hmm. uh, like I'm, I'm, and then I find yeah. the flowers hmm. yeah. in the midst of the chaos or in the midst of the, the disorder she creates an order. Um, and, and that to me just struck of what God does as creator um, hmm. that he is, bringing order, bringing beauty out of, out of chaos and out of disarray. Um, so that was fascinating to me. Um, yeah. yeah, I was thinking about with my own work and in particular in the, in the midst of a PhD program, uh, I have to write so much. I'm so sick of it. I have to write so much. And there's, there's a, uh, one of the things that I struggle with is thinking my, I got to write something good right away. Right. And of course, you know, in writing, there's a truism that there's no good writing. There's only good rewriting. Mm. And so when she was talking about chaos layers, I was thinking, oh, I need to embrace that. I just need to get yeah. a chaos layer down. Yeah. yeah. And same with when I'm preparing sermons, yeah. um, just get that chaos layer down and, uh, and then bring the order, find the sermon in there, find the paper in there. That felt, felt good to me, felt important. Something, something that I could kind of implement on my own, you know, vocational craftsmanship. I've found that to be true of at least my own sermon preparation that that getting something down is often more beneficial um like there have been times where I've toiled over I got to figure out the perfect format or the perfect structure and like then I can you know fill in the the format or fill in the structures but often it works more easily to to work backwards into whatever's already there and, and kind of, so that was fascinating. And I do, I do think it, I do think it extends, it probably extends into music as well. Um, and, and other art forms. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, as we close out our time, let's talk about our actual artwork. It is beautiful. I did not, I don't know that I really appreciated the way Holly, you made me feel like I was, um, like it was, you know, like, you know, I'm trying to, uh, I don't know how you put it. I'm trying to like get a commissioned artwork out of her. Like, <laughs> like I was haranguing her. Like you like threw a Bonhoeffer house sweatshirt at her and was like, look, here's a sweatshirt. How about Can I you trade paint you this $35 for me? sweatshirt for, 
<laughs> but if you are listening, Juliel, I'll throw in a second sweatshirt and even a third. Wow. Different colors. Whatever color you want, Julia. If you act now. <laughs> I would I would really like that painting. But it's not cheap. I'm not haranguing you. Um <laughs> Your artwork is beautiful, and uh, and and yes, you you, were, you threw me under the bus because you talked about how I was trying to get a commission artwork out of her while she was talking about how she doesn't do commission artwork <laughs> right now. Um, and so you could just feel her trying to navigate. How do I tell <laughs> Jesse no? Yeah, uh, in the midst especially of it, when he just gave me a really nice sweatshirt. It is a nice sweatshirt. It is a great sweatshirt. Yeah. Do we have if a merch page one. yet? Do we? <laughs> we have a merch page. We are working. Really? We're working on a merch page. Friend does. Friendos yep. out there, friendos of the of the pod, <laughs> we'll have a merch base. So talk about, speaking of merch, uh, where can we find Julielle's artwork? You mentioned that a little bit, but tell us a little bit about this series she's got coming up. Yeah, um, launching um, a week from... T- Probably <laughs> so, today. Whatever. Whatever um, day this is. Yep, February 18th at 7 p.m. That's, a, that's Friday, February 18th. And these times really matter. I was, a, yeah. I was about to say that. Because yeah. why? Because she sells out, They're right? so fast. Yeah, I was like, I think it's because of it. <laughs> um, Is yeah. this a test? <laughs> <laughs> um, 7 p.m. Eastern time. So, um, And like legitimately, if you're not on there yeah. like at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, set an alarm. But you can look to see now on her Instagram page. It's at Julie L. Sears. She's like posting reels and pictures of her art that's coming. It's called the Getting Through Collection. Um, and it's landscapes, it's blues and greens. They are so, so beautiful. So, um, yep. And I think on her website, if you scroll down to the bottom, you can subscribe to her email list and that will also send you information about the sale um, on and the she, 18th. And she promised not to slam your email. Yeah, yeah, right. mm. yeah. And I think I, I think the series is titled based on a Judah song. Um, Judah, which is the same title, yeah. What's uh, Judah? Judah in the line. Judah of Judah in the line. Oh, oh, interesting. Just so Judah. Had, yep, he has. Uh, oh. a does band. the lion have its own band? The lion does. Do they make music? Have its own <laughs> band. <laughs> but Judah does, and it's That's more. Cool. Um, it's more specifically worship, mm-hmm. and so he has a song called "The Getting Through." I think. I hope I'm right on that. Julia, tell we'll us check. if we're right. Yeah, yeah. we'll check. But uh, great song anyway. We'll post. <laughs> How, you know. <laughs> How how would y'all feel if you produced something that oh, yeah. people had to like line up for basically? <laughs> like I can't imagine. I it. would I I wish I wish we had Julie L here. I would love to hear her answer to that. Yeah. That would be so How does it feel to be awesome? Overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> Just let us look we vicariously long through to you. Be <laughs> as awesome as you are. <laughs> well, what a great interview. Holly, thank you for interviewing and thank you, Julielle, for joining us on Season 2, Episode 5 of The Hammer and Quill. And with that, we wrap up our craftsmanship series. We are getting ready to launch into a series on the future of theological training. We're going to be, uh, the next episode here will be a um, preview episode, a kind of introduction to the series with the three of us. And then we'll have some great guests on. We've already uh, we've already recorded with Dr. Reese Bizantz, our friend, our friendo, our true friendo mm. from down under. And we've got uh, Dr. Doug Sweeney from Beeson Divinity School and uh, Dr. Mark Lederbach from Southeastern. We're going to talk, Mark and I are going to talk about not just the future theolog- theological training, but our ethics 
hybrid class that we're offering in a unique way in Roanoke in May. And so please tune in for this next series. Thank you, listeners, friendos, for tuning in. Subscribe. Subscribe. Review us on whatever, wherever you're listening. Review us. We'll take it. Throw some five-star reviews our way. Until next time. Peace. 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 I got more fire in my belly than not to. I'm happy as a clam and I think you forgot to. Tell me where my enemies are, cause when I look around, I know what to be found. I guess the counting down every single hour to the minute to the second. They have me second guessing if they even present. If they ever step up to me, I'ma give them all a gift. I'll say sorry in advance and I'll go and plead the fifth. And I don't need a fifth to hit the top of your wish list. Every time I pivot, I'ma leave your ankles twisted. Listen, I'm not feeling listless. This, that, bliss, bliss I don't feel indifferent Already left the runway And I barely had assistance Went to my back Let the jokers react And the higher powers laughing with me They don't know what happened Up so high that your size is a fraction And what goes up must come down But now I'm really feeling like that paradigm shifted The feeling is addictive Anti-gravity, I pray it's never lifted And when I hit the top It tastes like booty that you're kissing Listen, skip the clips I'm on a list Everything is going on without a hitch Skip the clips I'm on a list Everything is going on without a hitch Skip the clips I'm on a list Everything is going on without a hitch